listening to Speaking with One Voice with Rodney Payne. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, topics you'd like discussed on the show, or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please email us at rpayne at onevoiceinc.org. That's rpayne at onevoiceinc.org. You can also search for us on Acast, Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Just look for Speaking with One Voice. Now, here's your host, Rodney Payne. Hello and welcome to Speaking with One Voice. I am your host, the coach. So excited to be with you again this week on Speaking with One Voice. Listen, we have a lot of things going on. I just want to thank you all so much. You are purchasing the book, Critical Decisions Made Easy. You know you can get your copy at RodneyRPayne.com or on Amazon.com. Also, we thank you for listening to our podcast, liking it, rating, and subscribing. And if you haven't done so, please go ahead and subscribe. And if you want to leave a rating, by all means do that. And then on social media, at Rodney R. Payne, not only do we want you to follow us, but we want you to turn on your notifications so that you are notified the first when we get something new going out. Listen, I have a lot of things I'd like to talk to you about, but I am excited, excited, excited. I've got a special guest with me today. Uh, had a, uh, I would almost call it a chance encounter meeting with him, but but really I, I believe that it was it was destined for us to meet and and to connect. And so uh, this has been a long time coming as far as I'm concerned, but I want to uh, bring to uh, speaking with one voice, Mr. Josh Young. Say hello, man. Hey, what's going on, everyone? How are you? Oh, man, listen, so I'm excited to get you on. Um, one is I, they tell me the way to stay young is to keep young folk around you. And so since since I you I have kids almost your age or certainly in your age range, it keeps me young when you hang out with the old guys. So I really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> so today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about uh, when life leads to leadership, when life leads to leadership. One of the things that I found from my mentor, John Maxwell, is that everything rises and falls on leadership and and leadership is basically influence, nothing more or nothing less. So when I came across this very, very talented young man, I'm going to have him introduce himself to you in just a moment. But I'll tell you, uh, I, I could see the leadership there and, and to be uh, so wise at such a young age and have such a vast experience, a uh, global experience. Uh, I thought we could learn from him and I want to see what we can get out of this conversation on today. So, uh, Josh, take a moment, just introduce yourself uh, and don't be bashful, man. Come on, tell us all, all the good stuff about yourself. <laughs> It's always tough, man. It's always tough. You said you like to stay young by hanging around young people. And they tell me if you want to be wise, you got to be around the wise. So it's 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 mutual. And I appreciate our relationship and our friendship. Uh, but yeah, my name is Josh Young. I was born in, in Shawnee, Oklahoma, um, but I was raised in Lawton, Oklahoma. So I was raised in the town. Uh, that's where I found my love for sports. Uh, I have a big family. So I've got four sisters. I have one little brother. My, my parents, I don't know how they took us to all of our sporting events at the same time, but they managed to do that. And I'm grateful for it because it was the pursuit of that passion that that led me to play basketball in college. So I went to Drake University. I spent four years there. We went to the NCAA tournament my, my sophomore year. Um, and I actually left that school as the all-time leading scorer and three-point shooter, which both of them were broken uh, in the last few years, uh, but it's okay. So when you have, I think, a career like that, you always have opportunity to play, continue your playing career, which I did. I was drafted into the NBA G League by the San Antonio Spurs organization. And after a short stint there, I found myself over the water in a foreign country playing basketball in, in Germany, uh, which sounds like it'd be a little weird. And people are always asking, like, do they play basketball there? 
Uh, they actually <laughs> play really good basketball there, as is evident by how many Germans you see in the NBA today. So I went there in 2010, and I spent the last 12 years living abroad. Um, and in that time, I was playing in a domestic league, but I ended up getting to play in a basketball champions league, which for those of you who don't know, is an international league. So if you play in Germany on the weekends, in the weekdays, you might be in Israel or you might be in Greece or Spain or France, Belgium. Um, and so that was that was quite the blessing uh, to be able to travel while playing basketball. Um, and I just, I enjoyed it thoroughly until this last year. So when I finished my last season, uh, I came out of the year and I was I, I was doing things that I, I hadn't done before, uh, namely seeking God about my next move. Now, in my mind, my move was to continue to play basketball. So I started to ask God, you know, is this even what you want me to do? Uh, and to my surprise, he actually said no. <laughs> mm. So he told me it was it was a new season for me. Instead of fighting that, I yielded to it. Uh, obedience is greater than sacrifice. And so I started to... Um, you know, consult the father about those things. And that's what led me to this place. So very timely, I would say, uh, us meeting and even the title of what we're going to be talking about today, because all of those things have led me to where I'm at today. That's an awesome story. I, so I got a couple of questions. I got to go back. First of all, where is Drake located? Everyone knows the name. Nobody knows where it's at. Yeah, I didn't see. I didn't know where it was at. So it's in Des Moines, Iowa. Um, and yeah, they have people there. It's not all cornfields. It was oh, there's it was, people in Iowa. Okay, good. There's good, people good. in Iowa, right? Okay. Um, and it's actually a really nice place. So yeah. considered like the Midwest, but most people have no idea where Drake is. So you learn something today. Drake University is in Des Moines, Iowa. That that's good. Now you when you talk about uh playing basketball, I, I gotta go a little bit further with that because one, I, I kind of enjoy March Madness a little bit, and I love we're in the NBA playoffs now. When the games matter, the pros turn it up a notch. It goes to yeah. a whole other level, so I love it. But what's it like as a sophomore in college? You're, what, 19, 20 years old maybe, and you're going and your school, small school, known school, but small school, is in the tournament, in the big dance, in March Madness. What was that like? I mean, to be honest, it's nuts. <laughs> it is really crazy. Uh, I was leading my conference in scoring as a sophomore. Wow. And by the time we hit January, we had started to move on the fringe of top 25. Now, it was like uncharted territory for Drake because we'd come out of 20 losing seasons before my freshman year. My freshman year was first winning season. Sophomore year, explosion. Team of the year in the NCAA. Picked to finish ninth in a 10-team conference. Um, and then we found ourselves ranked 14th at the end of the season. So when we finally got to this place where we were about to walk into March Madness, March Madness is such a surreal event. It's when you land, you're greeted by it's like a caravan, you're escorted by police, you know, you go into the arena seats, 30,000 people, blue carpet everywhere. They just, they just roll out the red carpet for you. And you're a kid, you know, you're a 19, 20, 21 year old kid. So that experience for me, it was one that I would never forget. Um, but it's what you literally live to play for. You know, wow. you, you think about those moments and it's something that's always going to be with me, especially being able to do it from where we did it from. Really special. So we're talking about when life leads to leadership today. 
And and I I I'd hope to get to this a little bit later, but you're pushing me into this corner already because you go to a 20 year perennial loser, mm-hmm. and your sophomore year, you are in the big dance. You were picked ninth out of ten in your conference, and now you're 14 in the nation. Um, I, I, is it is it safe to assume that Josh was part of the crew that turned basketball around for Drake? Is that is that an overstatement? I don't think so. No, I, I don't think it is either. I didn't think you'd let me say it though. Yeah. So, 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 so something has to happen because there were, when you came in your freshman year, were there all new recruits or did you have some people who had been there on the team? Uh, it was mostly people that had been there. There were only two um, scholarship players. So myself and one other person that came in my freshman year. So to, to set the foundation for a turnaround or a transformation is not to be the word for a program. It, it looks like that, that, life led you to leadership on your basketball team at Drake, even in your freshman and sophomore years. Is that a fair statement? That is a fair assessment. So, so, so what, what did, what did you, what did you do? How did you, uh, where did you come from a winning program in high school or it wasn't meant to what, how do you Im- impact a culture by joining a team that has obviously been used to losing? And, and I would, in my mind, I'm going to say every upperclassman on the team, thought they would do exactly what you did. They thought when them going to Drake is going to make the difference, we're going to turn the corner because, and, and every coach before had sold that system, but now it actually comes into fruition. How does that happen? Uh, how, how did your life lead you to leadership in that case? Yeah, I've got to tell you the story because it's so relevant. So I, the last two years of my high school career, we won state championship back to back. So in two years, we lost three games. So we're wow. talking 72 and three in the last two years. Um, in the three games we lost, those three teams either won the state championship or one was the runner-up for a state championship in Oklahoma. So we went, it was an impressive run for us. So when I went to Drake on my recruiting visit the first years, um, or that, that senior year, I remember I had played pickup with the team and I played really well. I mean, it's safe to say that I was the best player on the court in the pickup game. Wow. So when we go into the locker room, one of the guys said to me, we heard that you've won a lot in your high school program. Don't get used to doing that here. Verbatim. That's what he said. And I remember thinking like, that's a wild thing to say to someone who's one, a competitor, you know, and two, who could potentially be your teammate next year. Well, Later on, years down the line, one of my best friends ended, was a senior when I was a freshman. And he told me that when I left that day, that they sat in that locker room, they said, there's no way that kid's coming here. No chance. So mm-hmm. what, what they saw from their perspective was the exact opposite of what I saw from my perspective. I saw an opportunity. I saw something that I could come and be a part of and really be able to inspire change and at the same time be able to put my thumbprint my imprint on a program and leave a legacy going down the line and to tell you that I thought like that when I was 18 years old is not a stretch wow my parents didn't go with me on the recruiting trip they they didn't go on the visit with me it was all my decision when I decided I'm going to Drake University and when I explained to them why they said we support you wow uh former presidential candidate Carly Fiorina, she says, leaders solve problems. And so uh, in my mindset, being uh, of athletic background, obviously not professional to your level, 
but I, I, I always look at it as an opportunity to win, no matter what it is. And, and so when you look at that, that, that losing culture is kind of a, it's kind of contagious. And so you're saying things that are negative without even realizing you're saying it. So you're, you're losing before you lace them up. And, and, you know, I go back to Denny green and when he was coaching the, either the Vikings or the Cardinals, and he said that, you know, we play to win the game. That, that's, that's the whole point of what we're trying to do. We're trying to win the game here. And so to hear that it's, it's amazing to me. Uh, so let, let's keep on that basketball track for just a minute, because you said um, you were 10 years, 10, 12 years, 12, 12 seasons overseas. You said you lived in Germany. So there's no way you can be in Germany that long and not speak just a little bit of German. Am I right? Yeah, that's correct. And so, so tell the, the, the language is very difficult. It's, it's, it's a very, um, it, it appears to be a hostile language. You know, French is more of a smooth kind of, you know, and, you know, kind of draws you in kind of, you know, kind of will get to sleep kind of thing, romantic language. Well, yeah. German is a little bit more tough from what I've understood. Um, so um, can you say something like, say, say winners find a way to win or something like that in German for us? Let's see if we can get that. Die wer gewonnen hat, uh, gewonnen haben. Hey, what you said. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, now, now not only are we international uh, in where we distribute our podcast, now we're speaking multiple languages. And I'll say gracias. Now, that, there we go. That's three languages. That's but, it. That's, yeah. That's so, it. Josh, I, that, that's amazing to me because um, the attitude, the work ethic, and obviously the things that a leader does, uh, just the presence, would, would you, you, it's respected. You don't have to earn your leadership stripes. People know when there's a leader in the room. You can somehow just tail that, yeah. right? So, Talk to me for a minute. Let's let's put basketball to the side because I'm a sports junkie and I promise you we could talk basketball for the next hour. So we're not going to do that. But I do want you to identify maybe some of your other passions. What yeah. are other things you're passionate about? Well, bef before I go into that, I will say about the languages. Um, one thing that I noticed about the German language is that it's actually spoken out the back of the mouth, whereas you have these romantic languages like Peri Lavalois comes off the front of the tongue in like English. Um, and so that adds to the harshness of the language when you hear these people who are ha, ha, ha. Um, there's a lot of that that comes from here and we speak off the front. Just, just for context for anyone who's like, hey, that's harsh. That's a, one of the reasons why it seems so harsh. Yeah, um, so, so I'm supposed to be aware of where my words come from. Uh, I, I speak just a little bit of Spanish, but it rolls off the front of your tongue, off the front of your front mouth. Tongue. German, yeah. German comes from the back. That, that no sprechen Sie Deutsch. That's all I can. That's yeah. it, as far as I can. No, get. Well, that's good though. That's, that's good. all I can get. <laughs> but no, I, I, I'm a language lover. Yeah, I'm, I'm a yeah. lover of language and sounds and things, and so I en enjoy that. But but talk to me about what else are you passionate about? I, I know that I know the ball is life, and I know that to do it professionally for 12 years and not be ready to be done with it, and then God tells you no, so you had to break up with basketball. So what other yeah. passions uh, do you have? Well, I, I think um, from an early age, I've always had a passion for learning. I really enjoy being able to take on knowledge and and learn about things that I previously did not know. And and the more that I do that, I learn that I really don't know anything. It's an it's an interesting disposition when you're like, hey, I learn more just to find out that I really don't know much. Um, that's been something that I really have enjoyed, and I think that has added to it's been instrumental in my development as a young man. So out of that comes reading. I, I'm really a history buff. Um, 
and I wasn't when I was young. It wasn't until I moved to Europe when history came alive to me that I was like, oh, this is some of the stuff that I was learning in school. I didn't care about it at all in school. You know, uh, I started to really get into philosophy and the different ways of thinking. Uh, and that has been really a big staple in how I've kind of developed my own philosophy for my life. Um, and so that whole learning curve and learning aspect of life has been something that I enjoy extremely. I'm a big people person. Um, so I like to be amongst the people, if you will, uh, building new relationships, networking, connecting with people. I like to connect people. So this person over here and this person here who don't know each other and they have a similar need uh, to be able to connect them. And that brings me a lot of joy. And then on top of that, I, I enjoy uh, giving what God gives me. So I think the teaching aspect and obviously a part of that is, is leadership. Um, but to take the things that I have been able to digest in my life and then to to bring those to the world um all of those things are things that have been a big passion for me and and one of the things that I found is I enjoy speaking like what we're doing right now this is highly enjoyable for me and when you can do it in a conversation type situation it's even better you know because we can just kind of talk but we talk about things that are important and that someone can actually take something from um, I enjoy those things a lot. That's great. Listen, you're listening to Speaking with One Voice. I am your host, the coach, Rodney Payne. We're hanging out with Josh Young today, a 34-year-old retired professional basketball player. Wow, 34-year-old retired. I'm nowhere close to retirement, but that's beside <laughs> the point. Uh, so, Josh, as we continue this process, I, you know, I'm loving the conversation. I, I'm enjoying what we're talking about, history. Um, you know, I didn't do history at all. I, I hated history. And then I became a pastor and I love the Bible. The Bible is nothing but history. So it's all perspective. It's about how it's presented to you. Right. But when we look at this, um, looking at, at, at all that you've been through and being in the multiple places and learning what you're doing in relationships, uh, I want to talk about um, now that you are at this phase of life. And I would, we, I would call this a transition for you. You're leaving one arena, establishing another and trying to get there. Uh, we're going to get to a specific project in a little bit, but I want to talk about, um, what is it like transitioning from uh, being a, a, a gym rat, so to speak, to going out and, and engaging in what you're doing now? And I know that you're speaking professionally, you're doing uh, visits, camps, et cetera. I know you're doing those things. What's the transition like as far as managing your life, living abroad, coming back and living in the States, uh, being near family? What's, what's that like for you? Yeah, uh, it definitely honestly has its ups and downs. Um, one of the things that I think people perceive about athletes is that we're super disciplined. And I actually don't agree. And it's not to say that everybody isn't disciplined, but you actually don't know how disciplined you are until someone is not requiring something of you. So right. I say that the reason I went to practice for the last 12 years is because if I didn't, I got fined. For sure. There wasn't a there wasn't every single day I woke up just I can't wait to get to practice. I can't wait to get the film session. Um, it's different yeah. when someone is requiring it of you. When you step into this arena that I am now, it requires so much discipline to be able to push forward the things that you work on in your projects. And there's such a commitment level and even greater commitment level than there was when I was a professional basketball player, because there are all these systems that are in play to keep you from falling. And wow. you have to, in your own life, create those systems when you step outside of that arena. 
And so I think part of one of the things that I've been learning and trying to teach myself is how to create the systems so that I can play in balance like I've been doing for the last 25 years. And, well, and Josh, I think that quite frankly, that's probably why we connected because I'm a systems guy, right? So I help I help people build systems because listen, if, if, if I have to clock in at a certain time in order to get my paycheck in order to eat, well, then clocking in becomes important to me. Mm-hmm. Now, when, now when, when I have the world as my cafeteria, I can choose whatever I want to do. And then on top of that, being multi-talented, uh, multi-faceted individual, you can have too much to work with. Sometimes people only have uh, one trick, right? A one trick pony is easy. You do your one trick. But when you have so many things you can do that bring you joy and you try to put that together and make this a new discipline, transitions can be hard. And so uh, as, as we continue to talk down this, this, uh, this process, I want to get into something that just, I just, the concept itself, um, it resonated with me when I heard it. Uh, and it's, it's the brand that we see over your shoulder there, competition uh, of one. Uh, it really, uh, it, it excites me. Again, I, I am, that's a model by which I raised my children. I didn't use the term competition of one. I simply said, you're your only competition. Hmm. All you have to do is be your best every day. I, let's take a moment and kind of unpack when the idea came to be and kind of where it is now. And then we'll talk later about where it's going. Yeah, well, it's definitely ever evolving. I, I can tell you that. Um, this is the, the height of the pandemic. So it's December uh, 2020. I'm just kind of sitting in my apartment and I'm feeling a lack of fulfillment. And the thing was that that pandemic sat all of us down. Like we had to take time and and then when you have to sit with yourself for a long time, you might just be nudged to start engaging with yourself a little bit, you know? And so I was doing that. And at the time we were playing without fans, which was hor- horrible, horrible. And to hold that up to what other people endured during the pandemic, I'm not making light of that. But it was, it opened my eyes to the fact that, is this what I think it is? Mm. Because- I thought I was doing basketball for a certain reason. And then when all of a sudden, all the encouragement and support and the cheering of your name goes away, I'm like, what am I doing here? Wow. So that made me think differently. And that kind of opened up the gates to start thinking about, you know, who are you actually? You know, what are the things that you have inside of you? Are you supposed to be doing this? Why do you do this? Mm. And so from all of this, I started journaling every day. I never journaled before. Journaled every day. I started reading every day. I was just holding myself to these certain things that I did uh, and creating what I would call winning habits. So I started creating these winning habits. And one day I'm laying in my bed and just clear as day in my spirit, competition one. So I took out my notepad and I wrote down first book, competition one. And I just kind of let it sit there for a little while. And then as the days progressed, I was thinking, you know what? Actually, I think this is a I think this is a movement. I think this is a brand competition of one that sums up so well the responsibility that we have in life. And as a professional athlete at the time, it made so much sense to me because every single day my coach was telling me, hey, our goal is to get better. You do what you're supposed to do. You do what you're supposed to do. You give what you have. You understand your role and you do that. And then it was just like a light bulb went off in my head. Like, this is the requirement for every person in life to extract everything that's within themselves. 
Wow. And doing that creates such a camaraderie. It creates such a confidence and it creates such a momentum for the community and the, and the group as a whole. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast with Josh Young. I'm sorry, but we're out of time. So please tune in next week as we continue this amazing interview. You've been listening to Speaking With One Voice. Please remember to follow Rodney Payne on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Rodney R. Payne. We'd love to hear from you and get your feedback, so please feel free to leave us comments. And if you would, rate and subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate that as well. Don't forget to set up for notifications so you can get the latest updates and social media posts and get new podcasts when they're released. As always, use the hashtag speaking with one voice or simply SWOV on any of your social media posts. On behalf of Rodney Payne, thanks again for listening to Speaking with One Voice.